Okay, I know, I know, I know. I've been slacking. I've been slacking. Tuesday was supposed to be the day. I've been doing some things. But next week, hopefully this comes out on Friday. Might come out Saturday. But next week, we're going to have a whole bunch of content and a lot of things are going to change next week. A lot of things are going to change. Well, in my personal life, and because, you know, I'm the one that's, you know, producing the podcast, you know, a lot of things going to change on the pod. I'll be able to um, speak more freely. Speak more freely on uh, things. And the, and I just have a very strong feeling that the uh, content is going to go to the next level. But anyway, I know it's been a long time. Uh, I, um, I'm i going to speak on the Super Bowl, even though it's been about five days now. Um, hopefully I don't say anything or too much of anything that's already been said. Uh, also going to talk about... Uh, I, there, there's a narrative there's a narrative out there that I'm I'm really getting fucking annoyed with and I don't think I've talked about it on the pod I've definitely talked about it before but it's been brought back up so I gotta address it and uh, there were some moves made at the trade deadline me and Jeff actually spoke about some of them that's uh, an episode that you're gonna hear next week cause there's a lot of editing that's going on there um, but I, I you know fuck it I wanna start with this I wanna start with something that's been grinding my gears <sighs> We need to talk about social media etiquette. Because apparently not everybody understands the best use of connecting with your friends through social media. Or people that you consider friends. Even acquaintances for some odd case. I am sick and fucking tired of the bombardment of video DMs. I can understand it on Twitter. It's words. You read it. If it's a video, keep them sporadic. But I am, I've, I've reached my limit. I've reached my limit. There's too many people out there that, for whatever reason, feel the need that I need to see every single thing that come across their timeline. And you may be sitting there thinking right now, well, Michael, you post a lot of shit on your story. Yes, this is true. I do post a lot of things in my story. Do you get a notification when I do that? If you do, then you're stalking me, but, you know, I'm cool with that. But do you get a notification when you do that? When you press my face and you decide to watch whatever it is that I posted, you can exit out. You don't have to watch the whole thing. It's 15 seconds. If that. If you're just like, oh, I'm just tapping through it. Don't give a fuck. That's what you decide to do? Cool. You know, everybody has different philosophies with the story. I mean, I guess there's people out there that want to just have a clean story. Like, they don't want to see anything up there. Like, I I, I gave up on that damn near when that shit started. Like, there's people that I forget that I even fucking follow. Because, like, I don't scroll. Like, if you're not within the top three, four, five people that I usually watch, like, hey, it is what it is. Uh, So, I guess it is good to know that I am within that for the algorithm for so many people. But, it's a choice. And yes, Michael, you have the same choice and everybody, somebody sends you a video DM. This is true. But the way that I am, when I send you something, a DM, a text, a video, whatever, in general, I just think it's common courtesy. Like, you know, I'm a golden rule type of nigga. I think it's common courtesy to at least acknowledge what has been said. You know, I just think that's a common, what's been said, what's been sent. Obviously, I guess that person is th- sending this to you for a reason. Check it out. 
a lot of the shit that gets sent to me is just bullshit, though. I just, I, it, it, and now you're putting me in the awkward spot because, like, I have nothing to say about this. I don't find it interesting. I don't find it funny. I have no idea why you sent me this. Why did you feel the need that I need to see this? And, like, you know, I try to, like I said, I'm a golden rule type of nigga. I like to, you know, because I like to think that if you're sending me something, there's a reason why you're sending it to me. But the shit's getting long. And then you just going to, because now they changed it to where you can send fucking minute long and even longer type videos. And I'm just like, bro, bro, if it's one thing and you're somebody that sends shit sporadic. All right. You know what? Cool. You know, I will. I will check this out. There's a reason why they sent me this. I will check this out. Don't send me six, seven, eight, nine, ten plus fucking videos to what i'm not i'm not doing it i used to i used to try i'm just like all right uh, they're sending me this for a reason let me give it that common courtesy it's gotten too much it's too far and you, that, that that's on me for enabling it as long as i did i just thought people had fucking common sense and some type of social media yeah social media etiquette amongst themselves like if you're gonna flood some shit put it on your fucking story if i don't want to see that shit and i see the direction that this shit is going i can do exit out i don't have to see it but I just, I, I'm giving, I'm taking it to the next level. Like, I know it. Like I said, I post a lot of shit on my story. You don't have to see it. I'm not singling out or making sure anybody sees it. Like, for every, anybody that wants to indulge in it, there it is. It's optional. I feel you are robbing me of that option, even though I still, well, here's the thing. You're robbing me of that option because now if I don't acknowledge the shit that you send me, now I'm the asshole. Now I'm the bad friend. Now I'm the dick. Why do I have to be inconvenienced? Because you're fucking bored. It blows my mind. And the, and again, if it was one person, cool. If it was two people, all right. If it was three people, all right. I'm starting to get annoyed. But we talking fucking double. I should not. My notifications should not look the way that they do. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. They they should not. It's it's disgusting. It it. I I just I don't I I don't understand. Like. 99% of the time, it is not funny or interesting to me. Like, I don't know why you thought that I'm going to give a damn about this fucking video. Now, I, I will acknowledge majority of the time, if it's a picture, if it's a meme, something I can read real quick, all right, cool, I'll acknowledge that. Don't, like, what? And then, and then, like, people, like... <sighs> I'm going to be 30 this year. Most of my friends are in their late 20s, early 30s, or 30. I think we've reached the point to understand who our friends are, who our acquaintances, who we're close to, who we're not. If we haven't talked or seen each other face-to-face -face in 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 years, why do you think I give a damn about your life? I, like, and I know I've been mostly talking about Instagram, but I'm just, it's social media as a whole. Why do you think I give a damn about your life? Why am I getting snaps of just bullshit? Just bullshit. It, it, like, it's, it's literally nothing at all. Oh, I'm at this restaurant. Actually, I might give a damn about that if it's a good restaurant. Oh, I'm in this place. I'm doing this thing. And it's not even like, it's not, it's not anything that means shit. Like, I mean, even though it annoys the fuck out of me, I would almost feel better. 
I would almost feel better if it if it was. It, this really annoys the shit out of me. But posting something on your story and sending it to me, like, bro, unless unless you're somebody that watches who watches your story and like you know a certain person want, you want them to see this and you also want me on your story. I, all right, cool. I guess if you notice certain people don't watch your story or whatever, if you like you know like to do all that shit. All right, whatever. But I I just I don't. I don't understand why and again it's it's worse on snapchat because on instagram it's a video it's a meme something like that on snapchat you're sending me shit about your life why do you think i give a damn about your life i'm not wishing anything bad upon you i like you know like maybe this is coming out wrong but like oh yeah i went for a run today i don't give a fuck Oh damn, my car broke down. Sorry, I don't give a fuck. Sorry, I'm sorry that that happened to you. Uh, but it's, it's it's oh, I'm at the movies. Don't care. If you wanted me to care, you would have asked. Hey, you trying to go to a movie? Like I like I just I don't. It, it's this shit really grinds my fucking gears. Now I will say this: obviously, women get a pass. Women get a pass for obvious reasons. Women get a pass. Um, but I mean they're oftentimes just as annoying i just don't understand if it's just some random bullshit i don't understand why it's these people that do this for whatever reason they must not know that the story is an option they must not have updated their apps like put this shit on your story put this shit on your story it's there for a reason if you don't want to be bothered by somebody's bullshit you don't have to every story you watch you chose to watch for you people that just want to tap through it and then tell them oh i just tapped through your shit i don't give a fuck that's what you decided to do you know you could set it up like if you could if you could find it within yourself to not watch somebody's shit for a week week and a half two weeks the algorithm will phase that person the fuck out. Like I said, there's a bunch of people I don't even remember fucking following. I just sometimes accidentally scroll through. I'm like, oh shit, they post. Oh shit, they post. Oh shit, they. Oh damn. Oh oh like, nigga, figure it the fuck out. Use your. Oh my god. I just don't. There's there's no way. There's no fucking way. You you have you see nine videos in a ten minute stretch. And after every single video, you think about me. There's no way. If, if, if that's what's happening, call me. Well, actually, don't. Don't call me. I already said don't call me. Text me. Text me. If you're thinking about me that fucking hard, text me. Like I said, I'm a golden rule type of nigga. I'm going to respond. I'm going to respond. Don't fucking call me. Don't, don't, don't fucking call. There's like three people that can call me. That's it. <sighs> All in all, if you want engagement, be interesting. Don't fucking force me. <laughs> Don't fucking force me to have to acknowledge some bullshit that you say. Like, uh. Oh, my God. Y'all have no idea how much that really fucking pisses me. It grinds my fucking gears. How are you 30 years old and don't know how to use social media? because like like i said if you send me some shit and like that 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 
pisses me the fuck off. Whenever I, I'm just thinking for, thinking about myself and you know golden rule type of nigga. So you know doing to others, you had others doing to you. So you know I am livid, fucking livid when I am left on scene. So I do my best to not have other people feel that way about me. But when you abuse that, now I'm the bad guy. That's crazy. Fucking crazy. Anyway, that's what's been grinding my gears uh, this past week. And, you know, that's probably going to be a reoccurring segment. I'm probably I'm sure I can find something that, you know, grinds my gears every week. So. First grinding my gear segment. That was that. That was that. Now we're going to transition over to the narrative that is really, I'm I'm getting sick and tired of. All right, so um, if you're living under a rock, and I envy you at this moment, but if you've been living under a rock, uh, you may not be aware that LeBron James recently became the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Well, that has sparked a lot of conversation amongst a lot of people. Um, in the media as well. And uh, Shaq uh, had a honest moment of him feeling a type of way, um, some jealousy about all the love LeBron has gotten for that achievement and hell for achieving that. Um, Shaq believes that, you know, that's something that he could have done. Um, I'm think that he's aware of the multiple reasons as to why he wasn't able to get it done and be as dominant as he should have, which is a lot of the reason why I hate Shaq. But a narrative about Shaq that he will not let die is that Steve Nash robbed him of MVP in 2005. It's almost becomes, it's been repeated and regurgitated so many times that people, yeah, I did that, People have just started started to agree that, yeah, that's true. Shaq got robbed. Shaq got robbed of MVP. So, I've looked into that season. I'm going to present facts, and you just decide who got wrong. Now, obviously, I'm going to tell you right now, which shouldn't be new to anybody listening to this podcast, I do not like Shaq. I hate Shaquille O'Neal, the basketball player. Well, almost the person as well. But I'm not a fan of Shaq. Not a, not a fan. Not a fan. Obviously, I lean, I lean Kobe, so, you know, I watched the same games that y'all watch. I just saw them a little differently because, you know, I saw my guy. The facts will be a bit slanted. Well, I won't say slanted. These are facts, but I'm going to present them in the most unbiased of ways, so deal with it. The 2004-2005 season, Steve Nash won MVP, Shaq finished in second. It was actually a very close vote. I was not was not aware of how close the vote was. Obviously, I would hope that it's close for Shaq to feel that he was slighted, um, but I wasn't aware as to how close it was. Uh, now, the Miami Heat that year went 59-23, and and the Phoenix Suns went 62-20. and now, that was the first year of Shaq being in Miami. Uh, the year prior, Miami was 42-20. and 20, uh, So they did add Shaq, and they did have a tremendous improvement. They won 17 more games. Kudos to them. That's, that's great. But they were 42 and, uh, yeah, 42 and 40 the year before. And, hell, in the Eastern Conference, they're probably a playoff team. That's something I, I didn't check. I wasn't sure if they are a playoff team. Should have did that. The Phoenix Suns, like I mentioned, they finished the year 62-20, and 20, led by Steve Nash, who was the league MVP. The thing is here, 
the previous year, the Phoenix Suns were 29 and 53. That roster was more or less the exact same, except for they got rid of Stephon Marbury and brought in one Steve Nash. They went from 29 and 53 to the best record in the Western Conference in 62 and 20. If that's not value, I don't know what is. But let's keep going. On that Miami Heat team, uh, there was another young star. He was in his second year. Um, he proved to end up being a pretty good player, but not a great parent. But Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade was on that team with Shaq. Dwayne Wade led that team in scoring. He led that team in assists. He led that team in steals. Your teammate. Led the league, I mean the league, your team, in three statistical categories. You think you should have been league MVP. Now I will say this. Shaq did lead the team in rebounds and blocks. He led the team in rebounds and blocks. I'm actually surprised by the blocks because Shaq's big. Never really saw him as a rim protector or a defender. Yeah, you can call it hate, but yeah, eh. Watch the games. If he was half the defender that any of these other all-time great bigs were, minus Will Chamberlain, he might have some, I don't know, defensive accolades to his name. He maybe would have led the league in blocks or rebounds once, ever, in his career. Ever. I digress. Steve Nash did not lead his team in scoring. He was uh, more of the uh, typical point guard, especially during that time. Steve Nash does say one of his biggest regrets is not shooting more. And uh, for Kobe's sake, I'm glad that he didn't. But uh, Steve Nash was a 50-40-90 guy. He just wouldn't shoot the ball. So maybe you could make the case if you want to hate on Steve Nash. Well, maybe those percentages aren't that high if he's not taking as many shots. Valid, fair, I'll give it to you. Because the guy that always leads the league in field goal percentage is typically taking, you know, dunks close to the paint. Maybe not that many of them. I think Nick Claxton is leading the league in field goal percentage or something like that right now. I don't know. Steve Nash did lead his team in assist as well as the league. So that's something that Shaq can't say about uh, anything that, that season. Um, and obviously his teammate, uh, D-Wade, didn't do that either. But he did have a pretty damn good teammate. Uh, speaking of which, Dwayne Wade, uh, I, I think you can make the case he was arguably a top 10 player at that time. Hell, he finished 8th in MVP voting that year. That was his second year in the league. Now let's get back to this 33-game turnaround. And if you didn't do the math at home, the Heat had a 17-game turnaround. A 33-game turnaround with basically the exact same team, but in the Western Conference. I think I've talked about this before. I'm not going to go as deep into it as I may have in the past, but for anybody that's not an idiot, you're aware that the Western Conference was by far and away better than the East during the entire 2000s. Maybe even the early, I still don't know what we call those, teens, 2010s, early part of the 2010s. Honestly, it didn't really switch over. Actually, I won't say switch over, but it didn't really become more balanced until probably 2017, maybe 18. 
maybe 18. Um, for you brainwashed out there, y'all have y'all's own reason for believing that, but let's just look at the facts of it. In the 2004-2005 NBA season, there were six teams that finished with 50 wins or better. Six. That means that there was two teams in the Western Conference that didn't even have home court in the playoffs in the first round. That won 50 games. Now let's look at the East. The East had two teams in the Eastern Conference that finished with 50 games or 50 wins or better. So that would mean, like I just told you, the two teams in the West that didn't even have home court. They would have not only had home court, they possibly would have even been uh, higher than they could have been the second or third seed. Let me go ahead and look at that. Yeah, I'm glad I still have that up. Uh, Miami Heat won 59 games that year, like I said, and the Detroit Pistons won 54. Uh, so who had, uh, uh, that was that funny year. The Dallas Mavericks were the four seed in the West with 58 wins, but that's because if you're in the same division, you couldn't be in the top four. So, uh, that, that was, that was an odd year. I guess it's funny that this just so happened to be that same year. Go off. Um, but the Houston Rockets and the Sacramento Kings, Houston won 51 games, Sacramento Kings won 50 games. So they both would have been three and four in the in the East. So the Eastern standings wouldn't have changed. Go off. Um, hell, the uh, Seattle Supersonics, because they won their division, they were fit, won 52 games. So they would have been a third seed as well. So all right, all right, all right, all right. I digress. I digress. Either way, the point still remains. Six teams in the Western Conference finished with 50 wins. Two teams in the East finished with 50 wins. Was Shaq impact on the Miami Heat irrelevant? Absolutely not. Definitely made them a championship contender. Went from 42 to 40, like a fringe play well, in the East of playoff team, to being uh, the number one seed and a legit contender. They obviously didn't end up winning that year in 05. That was uh, Spurs and Pistons. But the Phoenix Suns went from um, the lottery to the one seed in the East. I'm sorry, the West. By acquiring one guy, Sean Marion was still there, Mario Sotomayor was still there, Leonardo Barbosa was still there, not sure about Boris Dio. Regardless, the core of that team was still there. Joe Johnson, I believe, was still there. They add in, they take away Stephon Marbury, add in Steve Nash, and become the one seed in the West. And this guy has the audacity, all these years later, to still believe that he got robbed of MVP. Yo, dog, I don't know if you're aware, Dwayne Wade was pretty good. The same reason why nowadays when there's two really good guys on the team, it's hard for one either one of them to win MVP. You, you didn't, you, you know? You think you should have been league MVP and you didn't lead your team in scoring? You didn't lead your team in assist? You didn't lead your team in steals. I, I, you know, I'm not going to do that digging. I already know somebody that probably will. Just because, you know, they like the satisfaction of me being wrong. So uh, if you want to do that, here's your homework, nigga. I don't think there's ever been an MVP in NBA history that did not lead his team. Oh, I'm sorry. That's ever been an MVP in NBA history. That's only led his team in rebounds or blocks. Or better yet, led the league in rebounds and blocks. I don't think there's ever been an MVP in NBA history that I don't think anybody's got MVP because, oh, yeah, no, nah, he was killing it on them on them rebounds. 
he was killing on them rebounds. All right, fine. Maybe Bill Russell. All right, fine. But that's the point. You got to go all the way back to Bill Russell. Let, let's, you know what? If you're going to do the homework, nigga, let's start from 1980. Is that fair? Is that fair? Hell, 1975. Is that fair? Is that fair? Nobody's winning MVP off of leading rebounds and blocks. You're not the leading scorer on your team. And you're bitching about this? Not, I didn't even say lead the league. Leading scorer on your team. Steve Nash at least led the league in something. And you, I just, it's, it blows my mind. But, you know, it is what it is. Shaq is a me guy. He's always been about himself. Uh, so, yeah, he's never been a team guy. So, which is funny that the guys that do that, they, <laughs> the guys that actually are me guys get praised. The guys that are actually team guys, they get ridiculed. Because they actually know what the team needs. And sometimes what the team needs isn't the most uh, political, palatable. But we're a pussy-ass society. Anyway, <clears throat> getting to the uh, not-so-current events. Uh, hey, you know, that might be something. That might be a segment. Not-so-current events. Well, maybe if I can get back on my shit and not put these episodes out as late, maybe. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But not-so-current events. We need to talk about the new look Lakers. Uh, again, this is uh, this was addressed in the episode with Jeff, but uh, there's going to be a heavy edit, so we'll talk about it. <sighs> the trade that the Lakers made acquiring D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt really has me torn. I'm torn in a lot of ways. One, because it hurts seeing D'Angelo back with the Lakers because... It's just, it's not the same. It's not the same. He's, he's, even though the jerseys are the same, the team's name is, well, the jerseys actually aren't even the same, but the name on the jerseys is the same. It's not the same Laker team that he was drafted to. It's like, there's, there's a complete different energy around that team. And that energy, I can't fuck with. So it really hurts me seeing somebody who I was really, really big on back home and could, possibly reach the potential that I saw all those years ago. I'm conflicted. The other night when they were playing, uh, whoever it was they were playing, and D'Angelo, I wanted to, I wanted to be happy, but I, I can't. I can't. That's There's bad energy around that team. But they did pick up three quality starters. Uh, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, and obviously, like we spoke about, D'Angelo Russell, and then you're going to pair them with Anthony Davis, and then the negative energy that they have there. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm concerned. As somebody that is not a fan of that negative energy. That's a talented bunch. That's a talented bunch. And I'm not afraid. If I'm in the Western Conference this year, I'm not afraid of anybody. Everybody's kind of right there. There's like five, six games that separates 13th seed and the 5th seed. That's that's one good week can change your entire playoff standing. And uh, I think the Lakers in the Western Conference had the biggest um, upgrades uh, at the trade deadline. Uh, the Clippers did do something. I mean, actually, the Clippers, I don't, I don't know what's going on with the Clippers, man. Like, I like all the moves that they made on paper. Um, I actually, I don't like that they got rid of John Wall, but maybe he'll get a buyout. And he'll probably end up a Laker. But 
Miles Plumley Plumley is gonna be big for them. Bones Highland, I've been watching him kill the Warriors, and he's been solid as a six man uh, for the Nuggets throughout the year. Um, Eric Gordon, uh, they, and they were already deep before that. Norman Powell, Robert Cummington, Nicholas Batum. I love Zubac, former Lakers, should have never left. Well, we should never got rid of him. And uh, Dem, uh, Trey Mann, and then uh, obviously we haven't even mentioned uh, you know Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, but for whatever reason, they just never haven't i won't say never they haven't figured it out just yet and i don't know if they've even had the entire team healthy oh norman powell really like him i don't think they've had the entire team healthy for a game this year and it, it's starting to get to a point like early in the year like all right cool Kawhi's bullshitting uh we don't care about these games we just need to be healthy for the playoffs yeah you do need to be healthy with the playoffs but you also need to know how your team plays together so you might want to actually play some games for real I mean, if we're sitting here in June and the Clippers in the finals, I'm not surprised. But because of the talent that they have, better yet, like the the talent says they should be there, but they just haven't put it all together yet. And now that the circus is over with the uh, all-time scoring leader, if LeBron James decides to actually finally, for once since 2012, decide to play winning basketball and do what it takes to actually win, not just put up good numbers, and if you put up those good numbers, you have a good chance of winning. And if you don't believe me on that, um, Russell Westbrook, uh, you know, he stat pads. He just, you know, trying to get the cheap stats and everything. Well, he's won, I believe it's like 68, 68 or 70% of the games that he has a triple-double. He's won. So if you're telling me I can win 68 to 70% of my games by doing this, if I want to win... I'm going to do that. That that seems like a pretty solid formula. I think every team in the NBA will be happy if they could win 68% of their games. So, you know, just saying. There's a correlation there. Sometimes the numbers are just too much. Sometimes it is what it is. But if you actually decide to not play for numbers and give a damn about winning and making the team better and doing the little things like, I don't know, letting the point guard be the point guard. I don't know. Playing actual defense. Hell, actually trying to play defense, giving an effort on defense. Um, And, you know, if you're somebody that's looked at as the leader of the team, it could possibly, dare I say, become infectious. And then maybe, I don't know, I mean, obviously health's been an issue, but there was a moment in time where Anthony Davis was, you know, seen as like, you know, a great defensive player. So, you know, maybe if he sees another guy buy in on defense, maybe Anthony Davis will remember like, oh, shit, like, I'm really a defense nigga. Like, I just have a hell of an offensive game, but like, I can dominate this defense shit, you know. If that happens, Vanderbilt, solid. Beasley, solid. And now that they brought them in, the Lakers bench, now you don't have to start those guys. I like Lonnie Walker. I like Austin Reeves. There's a lot of things that I like about this Lakers team. There's just very, 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 very negative energy that's surrounding them. But with that being said, if everybody buys in, Crazy to say right now, especially because of the 13th seed, I think the Lakers are a contender. I think the Lakers are a contender. As a uh, new Warriors fan, I mean, how long do I have to keep saying new? I've been a Warriors fan since 2017. Well, no, that's a lie. 2018. Uh, no, I wasn't really a fan of Kevin Durant. I just liked that they were beating LeBron in the finals. 
I was still a Laker, Lonzo, D'Angelo, fucking Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle. Uh, I think I officially became a Warrior in 2019. Yeah. And then they went to shit. Uh, whenever Kevin Durant left, that's when I became a Warrior. Um, they have a lot of things. The Lakers have a lot of things that can cause the Warriors problems. A lot of things that can cause the Warriors problems. And the Warriors aren't healthy right now. I'm I'm concerned. Very, 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 very concerned. Maybe they can sign Melo. That'd be cool. You know, I, anybody, does anybody think that Melo can still play basketball? I do. I do. But, you know, the media did their thing to make y'all think that, you know, he can't play basketball anymore. Um, same thing that they uh, did with Russell Westbrook. But I think Russell will have his revenge. As a matter of fact, I think rumor is that he might even sign with the Clippers. That would be inter- interesting. But at some point, you're too deep. I, I do believe at some point you become too deep. But, you know, whatever. <sighs> the difference between LeBron and Russ is heightened marketing, but that's for another day. All right. All right. All right. Now I'm going to end with the Super Bowl. Uh, so the commercials are mid. I was really um, hoping that the commercials would be fire. Because uh, that, that, that is another bonus to the Super Bowl. And that you know, I, and and it, obviously we had a great game. Two teams that you know, I think a lot of people, at least on paper, there was a lot of star power. So you know, people were entertained. And then I was just hoping that you know the entertainment would just continue the entire way through. Uh, not so much, not so much. Um, I was pretty turned off at the beginning with all the uh, pandering, um, the LGBTQ shit. Like, bro. Yes, you deserve equal rights and all that. Like, I don't think anybody disagrees with that. But you you just don't have to be so over the fucking top with it. And what are we trying to prove? Having our fucking army. Or that might have been Navy. I think they're on a naval ship or a battleship or whatever. But what, what, what are we doing putting these guys in rainbows? What are we doing? If, I, if, if I'm Putin, if I'm whoever China's dude is, if I'm Kim Jong-il... If I'm anybody that has any reason to not fuck with us or not like us, and I see that that's our army or that's that's our armed forces, I'm just like, oh yeah, nah, this barbecue chicken. This is barbecue chicken. Niggas in Russia out here fucking eating potatoes and chugging vodka, and we over here fucking, I'm, we in trouble, man. We in trouble. The hey, I, I've been said, I've been said that the, you know. Hey, the only thing that saves us that saved us from Japan is numbers. China, oh, we hey, whenever China wants to, is we are barbecue chicken. But that one child policy, they got way too many dudes over there, and not enough women. You got a whole bunch of dudes just fucking pent up aggression, and it's just communism. Like they don't even have a choice. Like nah, you gonna do what the fuck we gonna tell you to do, nigga? And like, whoo, ah, bro. In, in basketball, you can be too deep. In war, you can never be too deep. China got the numbers. We are fucked. We got the numbers. They got the numbers, and they don't give a fuck. They will. Hey, man, I, I, I am terrified of fucking China. I ain't going to play. Meanwhile, we are focusing on diversity, equity, and inclusion. We're fucked. And the fucking, oh, we got an all-female flight crew or whatever the fuck. Like, bro, like, well, I'm sick of this shit. Like, cool. Congratulations. You know what? Actually, I'm not even mad at it. You know, I'm actually, you know what? I'm changing. I'm changing my mind right now. 
I love that they had an all-female flight crew because now those four guys that typically would have done it, they got to watch the Super Bowl. I know they're way happy to do that. Those women, they didn't give a damn. They were just waiting to fucking watch Rihanna. So you know what? Great move. Great move. It's a win-win. You get to pander, and guys get to watch the Super Bowl. I understand that. I'm not mad at it anymore. Now, this is the second year that they did the Lift Every Voice and Sing. Uh, apparently, it's being marketed as the uh, Black National Anthem, and I can understand why that rubs people the wrong way. Um, but all it's being marketed as that is just causing more division. Um, like Carrie Lake, she decided not to stand for it. Um, and now it's a big deal because now all of a sudden, you know, for low level thinkers and Democrats, which oftentimes synonymous, uh, now she's racist. So, you know, there's a reason to hate her. Like, no, like this is America. Our national anthem is the Star Spangled Banner. It's been there for like 240 some years. We wanted equal rights. We wanted to be seen as human. We got that. Let's rip our shit. They're not like when we win gold medals, when all of our black athletes win gold medals, they're not playing lift every voice and sing. They're playing the Star Spangled Banner. So I understand where the why the NFL would do it. I understand marketing reasons, why you want to pander to certain crowds and everything. But it, at the end of the day, it just causes division. Because now, if you're a nigga and you see a white person not acknowledge what's being told to you is the black national anthem, you're now obligated to feel away. Same way with the N-word. You're obligated to feel away. Like, oh, you racist. Oh, you da 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 No. It's not real. It's ours. Let's, let's, let's rep our shit. Be proud of our shit. But not everybody, like, how long until we have a gay national anthem? How long until we sing in the fucking YMCA at the Super Bowl? Or I'm coming out. How long until that shit? And then, and then, oh, well, uh, we have a strong, uh, oh, you, you know them boys. I don't know if they got an anthem, but you know them boys. You know who I'm talking about. Kanye knew who I'm talking about. They gonna want their anthem. What, how long until we start playing that shit? I, it really pisses me off whenever I'm watching an NBA game and they sing O Canada. I'm like, nigga, we are in Dallas, Texas. Why are y'all singing O Canada? Y'all not playing the Raptors? But, you know, uh, it, it, it just causes division. It just causes division. I don't, it doesn't need to be done. If we, if we cared so much about it, we would... Ain't nobody got that shit in their playlist. Ain't nobody listening to Live Every Voice is Sing. That may be some shit that you like seeing or at a fucking MLK march or at church, but ain't like that. That ain't a slap. That ain't our shit. Now, granted, neither is the nation. Well, depending on who's singing it, but that, that's come on, man. What are we doing? What are we doing? But why are we causing? Why why do we need division on the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl, I, honestly, I know I'm getting off track right now, but this, this, this the Super Bowl Sunday, honestly, I felt more, uh, I don't know what the right word is, uh, more uh, festive. I don't, I don't know what the right word is. I, f I felt more Super Bowl Sunday than I felt on Christmas the past, like, four or five years. Like, it's Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday special, man. It's, it's special. Why are we causing division on this special day? I just, whatever. All right, let's actually talk about the game. Uh, before we talk about the game, let me talk about this. For the halftime show. 
I was very disappointed. I was very disappointed in the fact that Brianna did not bring out any guest. But damn near every song she did had a guest or a feature of somebody that we all love. That really upset me. She was teasing. I was just waiting for it. Some moment in time, somebody's going to come out. I was like, oh, shit, she did run this town. Here come Jay-Z. Maybe not Kanye, but that would have been fire. Oh, here's work. Here come Drake. Oh, here's all the lights. Here come Kanye again. So that that was that was upsetting. I was also very disappointed um, once she revealed to us that she was pregnant. Like, not... I know that came out terribly. I was disappointed because, like, fuck it, this is politically incorrect. Guys, when it was announced that Rihanna was going to be doing the Super Bowl, niggas was excited because, yeah, she do got some slaps. Like, yeah, that's cool. Like, we already know, like, they already had the women on lock. But niggas was excited because, like, yeah, Rihanna, even though I, I'm different. But in general, Rihanna, she bad. We about to see Rihanna do her thing. Rihanna's about to perform. It's kind of hard to objectify a pregnant woman. It's kind of hard. Really hard to objectify a pregnant woman. Um, yeah. Didn't really hit the same. All in all, though, I will say I enjoyed this halftime show more than I wasn't expecting it to. I, I'm really disappointed. Like, the entire time. Like, I was blue balls the entire time because I was just hoping anybody. Like, what? when's the last time somebody performed the Super Bowl with no guests? Like, who, the, the nerve of this bitch. Like, you, the... <clears throat> I just think it would have been nice on the world's biggest stage if we saw more of the world's biggest stars. I mean, last year we had fucking any and everybody come out. You know what I mean? But I enjoyed this one more than I did last year. Last year seemed to be, I mean, it was cool, you know, but I'm, I, I, it was recognizable names of a bunch of people, a lot, a lot of songs that we know, but that, in, I, I think most of those songs were like late 90s, early 2000s, mid 2000s. Rihanna, obviously she's younger, but like she's kind of more, I think I think Rihanna hit more of the under 35 demo. I think last year's Super Bowl was more about the over 30 between 30 to 45. Now granted like you know we we heard all those songs, we're aware of all those songs, but it just didn't it I I don't know. I don't know. I enjoyed this one more. I enjoyed this one more than last year. Even though Rihanna Rob me of the opportunity of objectifying her for 13 minutes. So, like, I mean, I'm not a big fan of her forehead, but I mean, obviously she is bad. So, you know, whatever. <clears throat> now, let's actually talk about the game. Uh, the Eagles dominate the first half, obviously, um, but uh, everybody's big on the call that you know at the end of the game. Uh, and honestly, I don't really have much to say about the call. Like, if you watched it, like, I mean, like, I mean, if you watch it fast, if you watch it in real time you're like ah you know you could have let that go and i yeah, yeah they still could have let it go but when you watch it in slow-mo when you watch it on any replay it's plain as day clear obvious now maybe maybe they could have called it uncatchable i'm not aware of that how that rule works you know i ain't never been ran in a route 
and I never covered anybody running the route. So I don't know if, how the uncatch, uncatchable thing works, but I mean, if I'm an offensive player and I see that happen, I want that called every single time. Now, granted, like I said, maybe you can call that every single time. So maybe you need to use some discretion or whatever, but sorry. But I think what turned the game more than that, even though, I mean, it was it was more about the timing of when that call was made, but the offenses were unstoppable. It was, unfortunately, it was Jalen Hurts' fumble, in my opinion, that cost the Eagles the game. And I know that was early in the game. There was a lot of time left and everything. But now that we know how things played out, so yeah, you know, this is hindsight, but that was the only mistake of the game. But that mistake was epic. <laughs> Put points on the board. If they go downfield and get a field goal, hell, if they punt, they only had to get a field goal. If they punt, they probably win that game. So, as great as Jalen Hurd played, I think he's the one that's biting the bullet the most on this right now. I think he's the one that's feeling it. I know Jason Kelsey's feeling it, but, you know, whatever. I, I, you know, I won't talk about that real quick. I'm not really that much of a... I've been told I'm dramatic. I'm fine. I'll accept that. But I'm not that much of an emotional guy. But it's something about seeing the Kelseys after the Super Bowl, like on their podcast. And then, like, you know, they uh, I, I watched the mic'd up a couple of days ago. Uh, that moment when, like, they embrace each other and then, like, they both had the embrace with their moms. Like, it, that I, I ain't going to lie. I, I, I almost shed a couple. I almost shed a couple. I ain't gonna lie. And Travis, I mean Travis, Jason, that's there's no love for the big brother, man. There's no love for the big brother, man. Like I said, there was no winning in that situation for him. No winning. Because Travis I don't think Travis is gonna be hurt too hurt. Uh that his brother's hurting right now. Well, he was hurt in the moment, but like it's gonna be easy for him to get over. Jason that 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 that's that that's just it's different, man. But you know, only an older brother could understand that. Now, back to that call though. The reason may well I didn't give a damn about it for two reasons. One, I was rooting for the Chiefs. Two, last year I was rooting for the Bengals, and I remember very well a very, 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 very what I would call awful call, but I guess you could say if you're rooting for the Rams, or if you want to do the letter of the law or whatever, oh, yeah, just like what you just said, it was a good call. It was a valid. Like, okay, all right, cool. So I, I we've seen two Super Bowls, or the past two Super Bowls, better yet, come down to questionable calls. So Eagles, I know it sucks, but unfortunately it happens. Happened to the Bengals last year. We don't even have to go back that far to find it. It happens. Boo-hoo. Don't want to hear it. Eat a dick. Hail to the Chiefs. Now, two statements. If you were to hear these two statements before the game, you would think that the game's going to go one way. And for these two statements to be true and the game to go the way it did, I am absolutely blown the fuck away and lost a lot of prop bets but don't worry about that one if i told you that Jalen would throw for 300 yards and account for four touchdowns 
you're probably thinking, okay, they probably won. But if they didn't win, I got to see Pat's stat line because maybe they were playing from behind if he got 300 yards and he accounted for four touchdowns. So, I mean, shit, either they definitely blew these niggas out or this nigga Pat threw for like 550, seven touchdowns, like some wild shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, what if after that statement I told you Patrick Mahomes gets hurt and throws for less than 200 yards? You would think the Eagles won 40 to 3. The fact that both of these things were true in this game blows my fucking mind. Now, watching it, it makes sense because the Chiefs weren't on the field like at all in the first half. But for the Chiefs to put up 38 points, all right, fine, 31 defensive touchdown. For the Chiefs to put up 31 points and patch my homes only account for 200 yards, I, that sounds like the Chiefs won on all three phases. Because obviously the defensive touchdown, you needed something there. And then if you only got one defensive touchdown, your quarterback throws for 200 yards. Well, I guess you, in theory, could have ran the ball well. But we know that's not really what the Chiefs do. The Chiefs aren't going to beat you running the ball. They're not going to have a 200-yard rusher. If the Chiefs throw for less than 200 yards, it's going to be a problem. That's where my man Kaniga Tony comes in. Shout out to Kaniga Tony. I, I ain't gonna lie to you. When he got traded earlier in the year, it was a cool move. I wasn't as hype about it as you know. I know some other people that were because in my mind, I was still on the Miko Hartman bandwagon, and like they're similar. They're similar speed, similar size. Uh, I I just like all right, cool. You got two Miko Hartman type players. All right, cool. I was big on Sky Moore early in the year. Didn't really get to do much throughout the year. Both of these guys on the brightest of stages. Oh, my fault. On the biggest of stages, the brightest of lights. That's what I should have said. Shut the fuck up. And I'm forever grateful. Forever grateful. Hell to the Chiefs. I'm not going to speculate on Dynasty right now or anything like that. Um, but I do, I do want to say one more thing about this game. And maybe it means nothing. Maybe it absolutely wouldn't have changed anything. But in a game that comes down to the last play, it's hard to say that every second doesn't count. So even though what I'm about to say is only like maybe four or five seconds, if that, who knows what could have happened in those four or five seconds. But on one throw, I believe it was in the third quarter, maybe it was in the fourth, Jalen uh, Hurts throws a bomb to a wide open Devontae Smith. But... That bomb led him out of bounds. So it was completion. It looks good on the stat sheet. But it was poorly thrown ball. Which is something that, you know, I'm not going to get into what Jalen Hurts is worth right now and contract and everything right now. I'm sure I'll probably be prompted to talk about that at some point during this long offseason. But that was big to me. They did end up scoring on the next play, running the quarterback sneak. Cool. So it's only like three, four seconds, whatever. But that was something that I remember watching that game. I'm just like, if they don't score a touchdown or if they don't score immediately, like that's every every snap after that counts. I believe they scored the very next play. Maybe it was two or three. I believe they scored the very next play. But in a game that comes down to the last second, every second matters. So in my opinion, Jalen Hurts had two critical mistakes that game. Very, very critical. And ended up costing them. 
He played a phenomenal phenomenal game. Don't get me wrong, but two very, very, very critical mistakes. Sorry, Wesley. Sorry, Jeff. Maybe next year. Well, my fault. Patrick Mahomes is still playing football. So never. Anyway, uh, that's all I got for y'all this uh, this week. Um, there's going to be a lot more. Uh, I, I probably have been saying that, but uh, I'm serious this time. Um, I have about five hours of content that needs to be edited down. And honestly, once it's edited down, probably two hours. But that's good for probably two episodes. So, you know, there's going to be more episodes this week. Um, as one of them is probably going to be a Spotify-only type of deal. Um, still, still working on that one. Uh, all-star weekend's coming up, you know, very excited about that. And if, uh, if you've been jumping around, or if you haven't been as consistent, um, go ahead and check out the last episode, uh, or the second to last episode, um, where I had my thoughts and opinions on how the NBA can make all-star weekend better. Um, you know, we haven't even seen this all-star weekend, but having all-star weekend in Salt Lake, Utah can't be that good. I feel sorry for the baddies that are making that trip out there. Not as many baddies are going to be making that trip. I mean, they are because they're birds and they're going to go where the water is. But it's just better going to like Charlotte, Atlanta, Houston, Vegas. Well, there's not a team there, but it's been done before. L.A., you get my point. Going to Salt Lake City, Utah. Mormon's not going to like that. That's going to be a whole lot of... There's gonna be a lot of niggas in Salt Lake, Utah. This, this, this honestly, this, this isn't setting up well. I feel like something's gonna happen. Something's gonna happen, but you know, hopefully, I'll be wrong. Um. Oh yeah, I was saying, go check out the episode. Yeah, see what I said about uh how the NBA could fix All Star Weekend. I, I think, I think it was an interesting idea. Anyway, um, I was gonna talk about you know the up coming issues that we're possibly going to have with the food supply here in the United States and the avian flu. But uh, I'm going to need to do a little bit more research on that. Um, it, it, it seems to be a very, very, very big deal. But, you know, I'm going to have a little bit more knowledge about it before I speak about speak on it. So, you know, I'm going to look into that. Oh, shit. Football season's over. All right. I will get back into crypto. I've been buying. I've been buying. Um, I've been buying again since January. But um, the uh, people spoke. That was the most popular episode last year. So uh, I pride myself in giving the people what they want. And giving the people what I want them to have. It is what it is. Um, Editing that pod with Jeff. And uh, yeah, that's it. We'll be out. Appreciate y'all for listening.